Do you know the story of Rocky Balboa in the 80s? I want to say it was the 80s. A great story of a boxer, an under guy, undercard, um, came up to win the championship of the world. That movie was actually written as well by Sylvester Stallone. Not a lot of people realize that. And after he wrote the script for it, he said he had to be Rocky Balboa. No one else could be that individual. So what he did is he carried his script and his skills to over 400 different talent agencies. And over 400 times he went in and he was denied. You might know if you live out in LA, there isn't even 400 talent agencies to go to. So he went multiple times over and over and over again to have the door shut in his face. People said, no one's going to listen to you. You've got a lisp going on right there like I do. You don't have any acting skills. You're not going to make it. And so finally, someone took a chance on him, and look where it is. Sometimes we all need to take a chance on ourselves more than anything and believe in who we are as men. Today, I'm sitting down with an individual who has shown that kind of resilience in his life. Resilience that I hope you take from this podcast, you have in you as well. Accountability. The ability to keep moving forward. Hard work. Some of the values, in my opinion, this country has sinned to lose in the last 30 years. I'm talking to a guy today who embodies it. Stick around for this one. I'm in Orlando at Course Automotive with Keenan. Let's get started. All right, Keenan, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Thank you for coming. Good morning. Good morning, man. And thank you for having us out at your facility right at Course Automotive here in Orlando. Um, tell us first, what is this place? It's beautiful out here, man. I mean, you've got different stuff going on. Anything with a car, a truck, a, a fleet, you can handle for people out here. What it's about? So the Corsa Automotive idea came from this lack of service where you have mechanics that are backed up. You, you need your vehicle. So find a mechanic shop. But if I wanted more than just mechanic work, if I wanted to customize my car, I'd have to go somewhere else. If I damaged my car, I have to go to a body shop. I want all of them in one place. I love that, man, because you're absolutely right. Like the other day, you're like, hey, listen, I need to get this done. Well, shoot, I don't have a repair, man. I don't. It's, it's one of those deals that somewhere along the line, this trade has somewhere been lost at some of these, I don't know, these franchise companies. They make him very specific. Yeah. You know, so again, a motor's simple at the end of the day. A car is simple. It's moving parts. It's, it, it's easy to repair at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I want more. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's great here, and I definitely want to talk about Course Automotive, but you just mentioned something right there. You know, I want more. Um, you, I've known you for a while. You've never been a guy who was satisfied with, you know, maybe mediocrity or um, just doing the minimum, if you want to Correct. look at it that way. Tell me a little bit about the Keenan story, though, okay? Where does it start? How do you get to Orlando? And then we'll kind of flow into how you start this great business here. I went to Rollins okay. um, and, and found out college wasn't for me. I dropped out. Uh, and bounced around from college to college because that's what I was known. Uh, I was told to go to school. I'm a first generation of immigrant families, successful, but I didn't go that route. And you go and you go, and I found myself in the car business, and 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 we make a lot of money in the car business. No one takes that away, but if you're not designed or disciplined enough, that money becomes an avenue for destruction. Mm. And through my twenties. Into my early 30s, I'm sad to say that that money led to pain, destruction, broken promises. And and although on paper, on paper, I was a golden child. (laughs) Successful. Money was fantastic. Beautiful family, wife, 
everything you would think you want, a house in the suburbs. And Pat, I was unhappy. Why? Unhappy. I didn't like what I was doing. I, I didn't have a purpose. I was working for money that I got bored and I spent, for example, or I drank too much, or I wasn't good to the people that cared about me. And I used work. I overworked. The car business finance, 12-hour days, six days a week, no problem. That was normal. But what do you do if you're not happy? So I want to I continue the story, but what do you believe is the switch to finding – and I, happiness is something that I think a lot of people look at in a cheesy way. Maybe I'll switch the word and look at joy or purpose. What, what switched that for you? Well, happiness, first off, is, is not a destination. Mm-hmm. It's a practice. You have to practice the art of happiness. It is not something that you wake up. I'm happy. We face obstacles every day. You were lost on your way to here. Yeah. Could have thrown your day off. But no, we, we have to practice the gratitude, the, the happiness, the so on and so forth. Now, how did I get to this point? I had to learn through trauma. Mm. Um, my, my style of learning, non-educational, can't be told by a teacher. I have to learn through experience. And trauma, and realistic trauma. And I found myself in a traumatic point in my life roughly a year ago where the people that I depended on left me. The career that I thought I had reached the pinnacle of terminated me. And I found myself within an, with an identity crisis. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't know why I was here. I didn't know a series of questions. And I sat with that. Mm-hmm. And it was very tough. It was very, very tough. And... You either do what? I guess you can either give up and mail it in or you keep pressing forward. And I chose the latter. I've got a theory right now I've been working on. I want to run it past you. And uh, so somebody asked me what the definition of success is the other day, probably about two weeks ago. I can't remember what podcast or a guest had asked me this. And the first thing that came to my mind was when you don't give up. That to me was the success of just not giving up. You know, if you go to the gym one time and you put in the best workout, and that's great and you feel awesome, that's not going to do anything for you. It's the consistency of doing it over and over and over again, despite you don't want to go there. You know, because none of us want to go. I surely don't want to. Who wants to go there yeah, at four right, in the morning? Right, nobody does. Um, but I'd like to know from you. For me, that is my definition of success, is that if I, despite the obstacles, don't give up, regardless of where that takes me, I don't give up and I keep pressing forward. Do you, does that resonate with you, or how would you define it yourself? I agree with you on that across all platforms. Success has to be resilience, to be able to continue when the chips are down. You're dealt a series of cards in life, and we're all taught, you know, if you play poker, you you, you want to play or bluff. You don't have those options. You got to play what you're given. Mm -hmm. Whether you're born in a society or you're born overseas or uh, one missing, this is what you've got. And again, back to you, you either stay down or you get up. So success, based on your point, and I agree, it's the ability to keep pushing mm-hmm. that even if you get knocked down you got two eyes two legs you're breathing you got another opportunity so yes yeah, success is not money success is not fame fortune success is in the ability of oneself to be able to take a hit and hit right back mm-hmm. you know to measure that capacity to be able to adapt because you know most people don't like change i sure so don't <laughs> Change is uncomfortable. Uncomfort yeah. leads to pain, but pain leads to growth. So if we avoid the necessary steps, we never find out what we're truly capable of. We're never able to push that limit. So let's talk about that. A year ago, you said you're at that point where, hey, man, you got to make this choice, right? you got to make a choice whether I'm going to keep on down a dark path 
you know, I maybe you're going and doing things that you shouldn't be doing. You know, you shouldn't, but hell, you just kind of say the hell with life for a little bit. Where, where does it change for you to where you're like the hell with life basically into, okay, I'm going to pick myself back up. I'm going to do this little stuff. What little switch went off on you? And what was the first thing that you did? The first thing I, I realized sitting in the dark during that traumatic time, I lost my job. I lost my wife mm-hmm. within 48 hours. I don't know how that happens, but it happens. So I sat and I realized there was a lot of things about me that weren't doing me, first of all, any injustice. And that was reflecting on the people in my circle, uh, breaking people's trust, uh, not doing right by them, an over-pleaser, for example. Like, I'm a people pleaser, so therefore I self-loathe myself. I wanted to make sure everybody liked me. So I'd bend over backwards. I would do drugs. I would go out till odd hours of the night so people can accept me. So when you find yourself alone and these people that you thought were there for you are not there for you, you have a choice. You can go back, same habits, it's easy, it's comfortable, or you can make a drastic change. And when I say drastic, a violent right turn. Oh, I love that. So I found the simplest thing is I, I can go to a gym. I'm unemployed. Mm-hmm. For the first time in God knows how long, I'm unemployed. So let's go to the gym. I got nothing else to do. I promise, go at 6 a.m. Every day. Don't break that promise. I didn't. 365 days later, I'm 50 pounds lighter. You look great, man. Thank you. You look great. One thing you said right there that resonates with me is keep the promises that you make to yourself. We talk about that a lot on the show. But the other thing that's big to me, if you're in that low point, and I think you would agree with this, you don't have to to take on the whole sandwich, just one bite at a time. For instance, you know... uh, Oh, this is just real. Maybe you've got an issue with drugs out there, okay? And uh, you're, you're out of shape. And today you say, you know what? I'm not putting down the drugs, but I could go to the gym today. I could do that. And so you're not solving all your problems in one day, but you're taking a step forward. And in my opinion, that's a victory that has momentum. You don't have to do it all in one bite. You can nibble on this thing and chip away at it a little bit. And as you build more confidence here, you build momentum over here, right? And it's the momentum. Exactly. And you touched on it. It's not, who listens, everybody listens to podcasts and motivation and Eric Thomas and Jocko Williams. And I listen to these habitually, but that's motivation. Mm -hmm. We're not motivated every day. I'm not. I did not want to wake up this morning at 3.30 to make it to my gym class at 4.30. I did not. Everybody's like, oh, you're doing too much fitness and you're doing, I'm not doing it for the fitness. It is a promise I made. The byproduct of going every day has netted me the result that I see. Mm. So it is discipline. It is the act of doing it over and over and over, regardless of how you feel. Regardless of the outcome, you're doing the process, loving the process of building something that's discipline, and discipline overshadows motivation nine times out of ten. So true. So you're sitting there, and you're like, man, life's beating me down, man. I got, <laughs> For lack I got, of better wording, yes. I got no wife. I got no – you said you had to sell your house off? Like you I were sold done. the house six months later. I, it was a – I had no identity. Who was Keenan? I'll tell you a word of me. I mean, you were a guy. If you want to have a good time, you call you call. <laughs> I remember, bro. Hey, listen, everybody. I'm no, I'm no saint over here. Me and him have had some, some good times. So <laughs> believe me, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, who's the, who the heck is this guy, bro? Um, but so you're, you're in that moment and you're down, man. Where does your head turn? You obviously get to the gym, 
But then where do you turn to as far as the professional career? Because you've been involved with cars for such a long time, but eventually you've got to do something to make a little <laughs> bit of money. So how do you make that turn professionally? So before uh, COVID, uh, I was touching base on the Toro, rent, uh, Toro rental. Sorry. So I saw that was picking up, but this was pre-COVID. So I had an M4. Little-ish, exotic-ish. Niche is different. Rented, and it was renting. I took a step back. COVID happened. Job changes. Things, life. I was like, let me touch base in this again. And I had another car. I had two. And I started. And believe it or not, it was working. Started what? Toro. I was doing the rental Toro, car the rental. thing. Okay, yes. So my, uh, my attachment to vehicles never changed. You've known me how long, how many cars I've bought, and what do I drive, and motorcycles and cars. Anything that moves, I love it. Boats, not so much, but different topic. However, you know, I, I knew I liked cars. As a kid, I grew up loving them, modifying my first car that I ever got. So I'm going to follow that, mm -hmm. but I'm not following the money. I overworked in finance at a franchise more than I gave everything to people. I gave it all. Money was great, but it's fleeting. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. If you chase money, there's not enough money. Never is. Man. Not enough money. If you won the million, the, the lottery that it's now, you'd be like, man, I wish I would have won the one billion one. Yep. We always want more, more. But what is it more that you want? Of? Do you want more as a, to be better as a person? Or do you want more material things? Or do you want more accolades? I, I just want to be the best. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that translate as being a good human, being a good husband, being a good friend, a brother, uh, a son. The byproduct of the process of being the best is, is hopefully those things. Okay, so you do the Toro thing. So it's working. Then what happens? So the Toro thing starts working. I pick up another car. Okay, now so I found Toro. myself in this nice niche, but I'm sitting at home developing other passions. I founded the Ducati Owners Club of Central Florida. We're huge. Awesome, man. A big uh, December 11th toy run at Advent Health Kids for Cancer. Biggest toy run in Central Florida. Um, so I developed a passion. So... I found myself where some of my vehicles broke down. Okay, so you got to see how many, how many vehicles do you have eventually out there? Three, I have four. four. So you got four out there doing Toro. Two You're, down. Two, oh, shit. The other two are niche, so they're not rented a lot. They're Bentleys. Okay. So for like weddings and photography. Sure. So the two cars that I own are out, being repaired. One week goes by. Two weeks goes by. What's, I need money. Mm. I need to survive. We can't. We're this. I'm like, okay. Let me look around. Maybe there's something out there I can. So I go to the businesses for sale, looking to buy a lot, car lot. Let me go back to selling cars. I know that. That's what I did for 15 years. Sure, yeah. But I see the mechanic. I see the price. Played a couple cards, bought the shop. Now, instead of selling cars, I'm fixing cars. Instead of wearing a suit, I'm wearing jeans painted and dirt between my fingernails. I never thought this would be a part of my life. But it's in the industry that I love and grew up with. For a decade and a half, this is all I know. And if I bring the intensity that I did in finance, I financed half of Central Florida. A lot of people got their cars from me. My book of business is huge. When you had a problem with your car and your Call truck, you. you called me. How do I make this deal happen twice? Yeah, I remember, man. So I have the wherewithal. I have the love for it, the passion for it. But I was chasing money. So if, you, if you're, you're starting up the Toro thing, though, and this is what I want to touch on because we had talked about it off camera that you need money to do all this stuff. And you're obviously, we're getting back on your feet. 
Tell me about the process, though, of trying to get into a place, <laughs> get somebody. Because honestly, bro, I mean, you got to look at it that somebody out there right now is, is thinking to themselves, listen, man, that's nice for you, Keenan. Cool, man. You went and you started this great body shop and repair and decals and wraps, and that's cool. But not me. I'm in, uh, I'm in Missouri. In Deloge, Missouri, right now. It's a nice place this time of year. I yeah, think. Missouri's all right. I mean, I'm not. Isn't it Mizzou? Uh, Mizzou is like for short. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm just thinking Southern Missouri. I love you guys. I'm from Farmington, okay, everybody? So, um, but let's say you're in like Deloge, Missouri. And that's cool, man. You live down there in Orlando, sunny Mickey Mouse land. You know, here, I don't, have, I don't have access to that kind of money or capital or I don't have experience. People start going through the excuses. What was it like for you, though, in trying to get this whole thing going, the, the shop, and you see it, but you can't just say, okay, walk into a bank and hey, give me that right there. What was that process like? So I've always believed that in order to receive anything, blessings, money, friendships, you have to give. And I give. I give, I give, I give, I give, I give. And unfortunately, not everybody acts the way you think they should. Not everybody is you or not everybody is me. And if I assume somebody's going to be like me, my life would be great. If I can surround myself with 10 versions of myself that thought like me, it'd be a great thing. But it doesn't work that way. So I approached people in the industry. I don't know them, but I'm not shy of asking. I said, hey, I, you do this. Do you want to team up? I got a little bit of money. I got an idea. We can, I looked at a garage down there, just a garage. No, I'm, I already got. Okay. I went to another guy, body guy. Tried doing business with them. The communications was not good. There was money being quite, just shady stuff. So I'm like, all right. Went to another guy. No. The no's and the no. I tried in month after month after month and investing and working with people and trying. It's just nose on nose on nose until the opportunity arrived. This isn't hundreds of thousands of dollars. This wasn't about that. This is a very, very stripped down automotive mechanic shop. It's not grandized, but the vision's there. Once I get the hammer, once I get the chisel, I'll make the statue. And I might not make the best one the first time or the second time. It's not, I'm not Michelangelo. <laughs> but I know that in order for me to be the person, I have to fail because that works. I failed as the person I thought I was. That person needed to die. The ego needed to leave it. Now I'm going to try this. If I fail, I'll try again. And I'll keep trying and I'll keep going. Like you said, success is to keep it moving. Mm. Don't get dragged down because it's easy to lose momentum. It's easy to lose drive. One bad day here, I'm in a mess of a storm. But what are you going to do? How was that yes for you when you got somebody who, or I don't know the, where it came from, but someone, something, some entity to believe in the vision that you may have had, even if it was just a little bit, like a little light that came in? I cried. Uh, so tell me about the story. I mean, I approached the right people. Okay. It wasn't a lot to ask for. You know, I wasn't far from goal. Sure. But they made an agreement with me. They brought in some other people, sat down, and, and they put their faith in me. It wasn't financial. The, the, I didn't have the, due to my past, I didn't have the credentials where I needed to be. I lost a lot of money through the, the, the divorce or this or that. Uh, I didn't have all of it. I wanted it to be on my own because I kept getting let down, but it just happened. It just happened it, it, after no, 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 and waiting and trying and doing research and due diligence and two months, no cars, working for nothing. 
it's just, it's very d- discouraging. We're going to be right back to the rest of the podcast with Keenan. But first, let me ask you a question. You look up at your roof right now. Would you say that thing is ugly? You drive into your driveway and you had to look up at that thing. And you're like, I really wish I had a new roof. But unfortunately, I don't have the money to be able to put one on. When you call a contractor, though, that's all they give you. Is, hey, we can offer some repairs or if you want it to look better, just put on a new roof. That's all the options for years and years homeowners had, but not anymore. Ironically, thanks to my friends at Ugly Roof, a roof can now be rejuvenated, everyone. That means you can spray that roof, you can clean it, and you can offer rejuvenation oil that makes that thing shine. In addition, it gives incredible life to the roof, which means that your roof is now covered by insurance in many cases after rejuvenation, especially here in the state of Florida. There are only a limited number of contractors that can offer this service and that are trained to offer this service by my friends at Ugly Roof. It's a great benefit to contractors and it's a great benefit to homeowners. Roof rejuvenation is the new thing in roofing. You deserve options. For years you had replacement or repair of your roof, but now you've got rejuvenation for a fraction of the cost. I've got the website down below right here for Ugly Roof. If you're a contractor not offering it, you better get on board. And if you're a homeowner looking for options, contact them. They'll recommend a dealer in your area that can help you out. Uglyroof.com. Man, I'm telling you, rejuvenate your roof. You got options now, everybody. And now, back to the podcast, my friend Keenan. So, I mean, what was it inside of you? Because I got some people out there that are are thinking about giving up wherever they're at. Don't Uh, give up. So, what was it inside of you? Was it a, a goal? Was it a vision, a belief in yourself? There's got to be something that you, when it was time, you're like, did you realize and were you self-aware? Like, okay, I, I know I should get people would give up here. I shouldn't. I just got to do one. Or were you just in the moment flowing with the thing? What was going through your head on all those no's that you're getting from people? I mean, thankfully, I worked in the car business. <laughs> so I'm a little callous to know. But the no from the right people can really hit you in the wrong way, realistically speaking. When you get the no from the people you think you're going to get a yes from, it hits you differently. You see, so while you're callous to the no, your vision of a greater you needs to be there. Because, again, it goes back to the basic. Pat, if I would have lost 50 pounds, I would not be able to do what I'm doing. I wouldn't be able to come here, leaving the gym at 6 in the morning, coming here at 7 in the morning, staying here till 6 p.m., going home and still working. Website, tell me, business development, website design, SEO optimization, looking at parts, buying parts, refunding parts getting more customers in. I have two employees and we've only had 30 days here. I have families to feed. There's a responsibility. I have purpose. That's mm. all I need. I have enough people that I care about in my circle. I trust, trust only so many people. Yeah. What more do you want? It's not a requirement of society for you to build a, a, a wall around your family or to build yourself a, a stable income to withdo the storm. That's not a society requirement. We're required in society to just exist. It's your responsibility to make something of yourself. It's your responsibility to be in the best shape for your kids, your family, your wife, your husband, whatever it is. I'm not, Sydney, I'm not a health guru. I don't eat great. I, not, you know, but I want to be here. I feel better. Yeah. I'm not winded. You know, like, I just feel lighter to myself. I look better. I feel better. I mean, my mind's clearer. It's to better me. Because what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? 
Well, that's a fair question. You know, what is the point? Um, you know, of, of us. Tra- I think that question has probably been asked for thousands well, t- t- of years. What I've is seen the point it on of your a- podcast? You always yeah. dive into what is the point of us doing what we're doing? Yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, I think about this. I think that the one thing you should have in your life is joy. I believe in joy, and when I look at things like happiness, as you mentioned, it's fleeting. It's, you know, you get a hundred bucks, you want a thousand, you get a thousand, you want more joy though, in my opinion, is something different. Can you define joy? Yeah. I think joy is being, well, let's dive into a little bit here. So I, when I think about joy, is joy fleeting? First of all, can can it be attained? Is it a a mood? You can be attained, I think, but I think you can have joy when you don't have happiness. And so I th- maybe gratitude. I think that's a large part of joy and perspective. Um, and I've, I see these. One of the th- one of the ways I think people lose this is, you know, somebody loses their job, and yeah. you have some some person who comes up to you, and you get you go to somebody like a friend, and they go, "Well, listen, man. I mean, you can go sell cars anywhere, so you'll be fine. You're going to have your needs met. You'll be okay." And you go, "That's not the point." The point is, I think that I have more than I can attain in my life. I think there's a more of a, there's something that I'm, I'm meant to attain, I'm meant to get, and I'm not getting it. And maybe I'll explain in the example of, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I heard it from Ed Milet th- two years ago about what heaven is. And I think the pursuit of this version of heaven leads to joy. Let me explain to you. Ed Milet said that heaven is when you die and you go to the gates and you meet God. And God introduces you to the person that you could have been. Ooh. He says, he says, I'd like you to meet Keenan. Keenan, meet Keenan. And you look at that person and you go, who the hell is, who is this guy? Well, this is what you were meant to be in life. This is what you could have been if you would have just taken everything I put in front of you. But no, you wanted to do this going out instead of going over here and having this meeting. You wanted to go home early and got behind on a project you couldn't finish the next day. You drank too much one night and didn't make it home. You made a bad mistake and then your wife divorced you. You You do all these things in life that take away from the person that you're going to meet one day. Or you meet that son of a gun and you go, I know you, man. I've been chasing you for a long time. And that guy looks at you and he goes, man. I know you. You've been on my back this entire time. You've been chasing. You've been close. I've been seeing you. That was fun, man. You got off track over here, but you got right back on. Well, Matthew McConaughey said it best. They interviewed him and they said, who's your hero? You know, and everybody's going to be my dad, yeah, yeah. Michael Jordan, whatever. But he's like, my hero is the guy, me, 10 years from now. You know, so he was asked again 10 years. And he's like, who's your hero? He's like, is it you? He's like, no, it's me 10 years from now. So back to your point, like, it's, it's not, f- joy is not fleeting. But it's attainable, but it's, it's a process. It's, it's, it's never full. Ever evolving. It's always, you know, always in the pursuit of that individual. And that brings you the joy. Yeah. But I think it's that pursuit of that individual that you could be and should be that brings joy. And everybody can be whoever they want to be. That's such a key point. No, it's, <laughs> it's okay. like, you can be whatever. I mean, the limitations, obviously, but you have two arms. I have two arms. You have two legs. We're not dunking 10 foot, I hope. But when it comes to capacity or drive, you and me are equal. I don't care. I, want you, I hate this example, and you're not using it now, but we, I say this too. When people talk about potential in life, you'll always hear somebody who is down on themselves, use the, the NBA example is always what I hear. Well, listen, I mean, I couldn't be in the NBA. I'm not seven feet tall. I'm not either. Uh, cool. Okay, let's remove professional sports here. I think a lot of our potential to reach that person lies in the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. 
So in, I, I was thinking yesterday, like in second grade, not second, probably like I was good back then, it wasn't difficult. Probably like the middle school, I started to tell myself I wasn't any good at math. You're, you, just, you just don't get it. Yeah, you watch Geometry. your parents. Yeah, uh, like I don't get it. I'm good at social studies, but I'm not good at math. And from that point forward, I wasn't good at math. Self-talk. I was just like telling myself a story in my head. And then I think that God, if I meet him one day, will be like, why did you start telling yourself that story? You were meant to be this mathematician that was going to rise above, and you would have found so much joy in it. In your whole life, you fought it. Um, no, I don't like math. That's not me. <laughs> but maybe, but there's someone out there that has told themselves a story. And if they stop telling themselves that damn story, Keenan, what they will do is they will see, hold on, man. I'm not bad at that. I actually am pretty darn good at it. Or if you wanted to play in that NBA, you, you pursue it and go, man, I'm not good, but I love being in the front office. The pursuit of what you love and your purpose will find a way, in my opinion, to bring out your potential as an individual. And sometimes we don't know what that is because we've told ourselves a darn story yeah. that we don't even want to see it, And brother. that comes from family and friends and everybody. You, we listen to people. We listen to people we care about. Therefore, we trust them unequivocally, including ourselves. We love ourselves. We hope we love ourselves. But if our mind says something, we're going to listen because that's what the mind's designed. Remember, being uncomfortable. I want to be in bed right now, having a nap, eating food, lots mm. of it. Yeah, me too. You know, that's what I, you asking me what I want to do. Right I want to eat right a off. Five Guys burger right now <laughs> yeah. and take a nap with the yes. windows open and the fan on. I'd love a good couple beers with it too. Feel, man, just so I pass right now. Do you out. see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I feel it. But <laughs> that's what my mind wants. I'm not going to listen to him or her. Don't know. Well. <laughs> Trying to be PC. Yeah, that's good, man. But I, I, I don't want to listen. I have work to do and I'm tired. And I'm, I'm dragging and whatever, but caffeine, let's go. Shit needs to be done. Can I cuss? We'll be fine. We'll bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but and it goes to that. So, again, yes, your mind's going to tell you, don't do this. You know, look at the size of you. Yeah. It doesn't, two reps? No, failure. What are those failures? The six, the six, mm -hmm. and the six, you know that? And you just can't because you're telling your mind, I'm in control. We're not listening. We're going to go that extra step. So it doesn't have to reflect in being an NBA player, but being a good person takes discipline to not make an excuse and, and be accountable for your actions. I'm going to do A, B, and C, not just A, B, not just B, C, uh, A, B, and C. When? On this date. And if I can, I'll let you know. But to be and stand up and say, my word is gold. The things I say I'm going to do, I'm going to be positive about it. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be humble. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to treat people less than me because I know what it's like to be on ground zero on multiple occasions. I've made it and lost it multiple times in my life. And I'm kind of just tired of losing it. And if I tighten up A and I tighten up B and I tighten up C, you know what? I got a high performance motor running right now. You know, it's interesting, man. As I sit down with you, we obviously talked a little bit before, but I've known you for a while and you've always been a good man to the people when I've met you. You treat people very well. You do give more than probably you receive back, unfortunately, which can hold some resentment, I've found. But that's not what I focus on here. You seem to have your energy focused in a much different place. Um, you know, when me and you used to go out years back, we had a focus on, hey, man, we're just going to go balls to the wall. And that's all balls to the wall. Um, and we felt like we deserved it, ultimately. Well, well yeah, you're right. The, the after effects, though, I, I also felt like I deserved. Those were some low times in the afters. Um, but your energy seems to be focused in a much different place. It's good to see, man. It really is. And I think your energy is going to come to our audience. You mentioned a minute ago, um, got work to do. Is I think what you said. I got work to do. 
now that you've got this man, what's the work to do for you? Where does it go like now as you transition into, okay, I'm down. I, no one believes in me. Someone believes in me. I'm here. Got a couple guys working out there doing good work. You're working as a team. You're in that building phase. Where does it go now, man? Expansion. Hmm. Every avenue of the automotive industry, I want a piece of it. And you got me fired up just in this conversation, but I want to be able to say whatever you want, I can do, and I can do it better than the competitors for less money. Because when I introduce multifaceted avenues, whether it's repair, bodywork, rim repair, motorcycle tuning, BMW, anything, anything that involves automotive, I'll do it. So I'll be able to bring prices down. My overhead's low, specific for the location I picked. I'm on a major road. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do anything. I already have existing clientele. The business I bought was 15 years deep. I just got lucky. You didn't get lucky. No, I didn't get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I but, went through some steps. but Correct. So I want to be able to offer everything. So friends, family, you know, free oil change. I don't mind. Priority. If you know me by first name basis, I've always extended the olive branch. So if you know me by first name basis, you come in, you get top priority here because a lot of my reputation, the positive part of it mm -hmm. came from the people that supported me in those times. Bought cars, trusted me. The least I can do for those people, although money was transacted, although I made a paycheck, I did my best to make sure I didn't make too much or I gave them the best deal that I knew. I led them the right way. I took care in what I do. I don't let anything leave the shop till I inspect it. Hmm. Yeah. You know, what I'm, what I'm thinking about here is your personality, I think, resonates with a lot of, um, a lot of owners out there. And what I mean by that, because I want to talk about how you overcome this flaw in a personality. I have the same one and struggle with it. Where you expect, I think, at times for people to give you what you give them. <laughs> you give so much. And then you look at somebody and almost build resentment towards the world because you go, I'm doing all this. Why don't you realize everything I'm doing for you? Just give me back what I'm giving you or at least give me 90% of it. It's because we, and the flaw where it is, is you're a good person, you give. But that give is shrouded by expectation. And expectation when not met leads to disappointment, which then leads to resentment. So if I'm doing something for you and there's an inclination that I expect something from you, I'm already behind on my motive so when i give and do and i get upset then i have to go back and say i did not start the process properly because there's been plenty of times where i've lent somebody money and they didn't pay me back and i'm okay with it because the intention was there to help them now what they do it's not my problem it hurts but i now know that is not somebody i can allow back into my life so give with the intention of only giving that's it Give with giving, it comes back. May not today or a week. I haven't received in years from times I've given. But slowly, it comes back. Sorry for yelling. Slowly, it comes back. So when you're moving with good intention. I mentor somebody who is now just jumped into the motorcycle business in Harley-Davidson, Pensacola. He's been there three months. He's the number two in Florida. We talk every day. That's awesome. Man. We talk every day. And I am teaching him what I didn't do. You're not going there for a dollar. Customer's not your light bill, for example. If you love what you do, God, the universe, call it whatever, opens those doors for you. He sees it. Mm -hmm. And I really am not a religious man by no means. But when you listen to enough Joel Olstein or Steve Harvey, or I, and this is on my rep, look at my playlist. It's all I listen to every morning. I have hardwired my brain to only hear 
positivity and hear direction that the process is difficult, but if you do not like the process, the outcome is not in your favor. That if I'm doing this to be a millionaire and be on a boat, I'm not going to be a millionaire and be on the boat. I'm doing this to take care of some people, to offer a service and give back to the community through charity, through free oil changes. That's how I'm moving. Sure, I'm not making tons of money, and I probably won't be profitable for quite a bit of time, as any new business startup is. But those are my core motive, the, the discipline that I've enacted to be this way regardless of how you act to me, that I will always be that person. So, folks, I want to give you more here for a good reason. Hoffney, behind the camera, man. How much time are we at right now? I know time is valuable here. What are we at for everybody? What are we going at? All right, then I'm going to have a couple final questions for you. I'm going to wrap it up, all right? Yeah, we can talk forever. I know yeah. we could. So that's why, I, that's why I have to ask because normally I, I, I just keep on talking to you right here, man. It's, this is great. Um, so I, I want to go back to, to something you just said right there. Um, but I'm going, to, I'm going to kind of continue on this alley instead. What, you know, from your standpoint, um, how, can we, how can we bring the most value with this question to, to viewers that are out there? Time that you spend, I'm going to think I'm going to phrase this the correct way, the way that time is spent, all right? Um, one of the things that I find is that people will look at their life and the situation about money that you're talking about, I, and they say, oh, I deserve this. I put in so much work. I deserve it. Oh, we yeah. used to say this, you know, man, we've been working our off today. What did I this tell way, you when you were, yeah. I said, you deserve yeah, to deserve, be yeah, the top. Yeah, everyone's, right. And so that's, and then you break down, because you, you mentioned mentoring, so I'm thinking in my head, okay, this guy's probably got dealing with this. Time and where you spend it. Um, you know, I think that it's one of these things that people take for granted and they go, well, listen, I'm at work 12 hours a day. I've been doing this for a couple of years. I, I should be further along than what I am. They start questioning all that. But then you break down your time within a day. Where is it really spent? You're at the office 12 hours. Are you working or are you texting? Did you really study? Did when you, you say you studied for, an, I remember in college, uh, I did an all-nighter. All-nighter was 30 minutes. I just, whatever, stayed yeah, up. You watch a porn in a couple hours. <laughs> I mean, sitting there at Back your in desk. 04? I don't know, 04, you magazine, you know, whatever it was. Some <laughs> broke up. I mean, you had like 13-second thir clips you found or something like that. It was great. Um, but, you know, what are you really doing? What is the work you're really putting so in? So my schedule, uh, schedule is ultimately, um, thank, uh, <laughs> shout out to CrossFit Exalted. Nice. Uh, Ari got me whooped in shape. I'm, I'm dedicated. So 5 a.m. class, I'm at the gym at 4.30. 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. 6 a.m. to 7, I'm at the shop. I'm getting open. 7 to 5 at the shop. Go home. Whenever I home, I get dinner. Relaxed, get on the computer, parts, so till about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, work then and sleep. Um, sure, I get to go. I'm going to the UFC fight Saturday. Oh, yeah, Should man. be a good time. Nice. You have to t have time to do the things that you love or entertain yourself. We're social beings. You got to be around people. Yep. But I'm waking up 3.30 naturally. So there's something either wrong with me, I'm sick, or I have something to do. I cannot sleep. I have something to do. I'm getting up. I have drive. I have purpose. Yeah. So if you have, again, goes back, I was making tons of money. I was in the top of my career. I had what you would assume on paper, a perfect life. The house, the wife, the, the, the fenced in yard, the toys, the bikes. I had everything and money to spend. I was unhappy. Led to my demise. I found joy 
and other things. I masked the self-loathingness, the people pleaser that I wanted to be. I was, in conf- I was confident in my mm-hmm. ability to do my job, but take away with the, my job, I lost confidence in my ability. You have to have, there's three types of confidence. Confidence in material things. I have a Lamborghini, so I'm a badass. Take the Lamborghini away, what happens? You lose the confidence. Mm-hmm. You have confidence in ability. You're an athlete, you break your arm, can't play anymore. Not as confident as you used to be because you just lost the ability. So you're not, the ultimate confidence, the hardest confidence to attain is the confidence in oneself. Can't take that from me, but it's the hardest to build. You can build it, but it takes no's and rejection and girls breaking up with you and leaving you and family saying this and no and that and whatever. Your turmoil, the process of developing the confidence in yourself comes at a very high price. The others are given to you. You can go buy a Lambo if you had the money. It doesn't make you any better than anybody else. And if I take it away, who are you? Nobody. So again, find the confidence in yourself. Find the drive to do what you want to do. Stop wasting time. Well, I, don't, I don't think I get another option on this. I don't think when I hit hopefully high enough age that I get to go back to go. Like you know, Monopoly, collect 200. I don't, I, I don't think I have this option. So let's make the best of it and build something, leave a legacy. I want to be remembered. Hey, Keenan owned the mechanic shop, five-star Google review, Yelp review. It was great to everybody. He's been here for 30 years. That's what I want. Just like the prior owner, 15 years. Yeah. Here, 15. Everybody's asking where he's at. I'm like, it's me now. Sorry. What can I do for you? <laughs> <laughs> you only get one time around that Monopoly board, everybody. You don't right? get a chance to do it again. So enjoy it when you get to Park Place, but in the meantime, make your way there. Um, Cannon, it has been a real pleasure to be able to sit down with you again, my friend. Um, I'm so happy for you. And um, I'm happy for you. It's so funny when I saw you walk out. I was like, "Where's like the suit and the like that guy? <laughs> you like, got pain on you and stuff. Look, feeling good, bro. Looking good." All right, everybody. Um, listen, I'm going to put Keenan's information across the bottom right here as well for Corsa Automotive. We'll have it in the description. Of course, we'll have it on all social media. Here in Orlando, Florida, off of OBT, an incredible shop out here with great people. What's up? And add to your users, please. Any anybody that's a follower of the Blue Collar Media Group, 20 percent off any repairs. 20% off you mention his show, 20% off any, sh- any repairs done. So come out here and mention me because I'll, <laughs> I'll be here now. Um, so this is great. So Patrick me and Hoffman, we're doing it. Patrick who? Yeah, what? I, don't, no, what? I don't know what you're talking about, man. 20%? <laughs> I don't get 20% off here. Uh, all right, everybody. Until next time, come out here and see my friend Kenny at Corsa Automotive, an incredible man and a good friend. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you, bro. All right. See you later. All right, thanks so much for watching that video and sticking around till the end. If you like what you saw, go ahead and click subscribe. Make sure you punch that like button, and we look forward to seeing you on the next video.